This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Tragedy has struck a small Manitoba community with the deaths of five people. A woman, a teen girl, and three small children were all killed over the weekend, and the partner of the woman and father of the three kids has been charged in their deaths. I'm Dave Breckenridge, and this is 10-3. Winnipeg Sun reporter Glenn Dawkins joins me to discuss how the investigation unfolded, what police are saying about the case, and what the reaction has been in the small community. Don't forget you can find this show on all your favorite listening platforms, whether that's Apple or Google, Spotify, Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So Glenn, tragedy struck a small southern Manitoba community this over the weekend. I do want to discuss the details of this case, obviously, but for people who are not familiar with Manitoba, where is Carmen, Manitoba? Well, Carmen's about 75 kilometers southwest of Winnipeg. Um, it's a fairly, um, I was going to say farming type community, but uh, it's one of our uh, Bible Belt uh, type communities to, to the southwest. And, and how small a community is there? Are we talking like a really tiny town, a few hundred people, a couple thousand? What, what size community is Carmen? Uh, it's about 3,000. So it's a fair sized community. Certainly not Winnipeg or Brandon, but it is a fair size of, um, of a community. Now, early Sunday morning, there was kind of a horrific discovery um, just outside of town. What can you tell me about what police first discovered early Sunday? Well, it initially started off as um, what they believed was a hit and run. And when the RCMP out of Carmen uh, it was just outside of Carmen along, uh, if anyone knows uh, Manitoba, it's called Highway 3, which is a fairly uh, well-traveled highway in uh, uh, one of the main highways headed south. There was a hit and run. The RCM respond, respond and they find uh, the body of a, a woman, um, deceased woman, uh, in the in the ditch. And... They're not really sure at that point. They're not really sure what to make of it, but outside of it being a hit and run. And then a little later that morning, there was another kind of gruesome call to RCMP, this time west of Winnipeg. What what happened at that scene and where was that scene? Well, it's another it's I'm going to say near Headingley, which is just outside of the city limits, but it's actually just outside of Headingley. So that's probably more confusion than uh, people wanted to hear. Uh, a second location, and the first call was about 7.30 in the morning, and this is about 10.30 in the morning when a different RCMP detachment, the detachment in Headingley, uh, gets call about a car that's on fire. And uh, while they're on their way to respond to it, they basically get um, – it's where – uh, the three young children were found deceased in this incident. And the details of that are still very sketchy at this point. The police made a, initially thought that a witness had pulled the children out of the car 
And uh, it turned out that information was inaccurate. But uh, so, yeah, it was a very fluid situation, very fluid situation and obviously very tragic situation. And so three kids essentially were found dead at, at that scene. Was there a suspect located nearby? What was the situation with police apprehending somebody in this case? Yeah, they'd been, or they apprehended the 29-year-old male uh, at that scene. And it appears he pulled the children out of the car. But like I said, that's the sort of not clear part of this. Uh, The car was uh, on fire. Uh, Police are very tight-lipped. The RCMP are very tight-lipped about what caused the fire, whether it was that he had set the car on fire or whether it had crashed with something and then caught fire. Uh, I know we can probably all guess what the, the, what happened, but you know, you don't want to guess something and then be wrong. But it, if you're asking me my opinion, I'm pretty, you know, I'd be very surprised if it wasn't a situation where he uh, set the car on fire. Why then he pulls the kids out is going to be something that'll have to be determined down the road. Um, Probably we won't know until he actually gets to trial. And and a lot of this information will get uh, sorted out by then. Yeah. Now then the investigation turned again to Carmen. What did police find there? Um, from their investigation, they head off to the residence of the, um, the family residence. They find a 17-year-old uh, girl dead. Uh, at the residence. So, and it's really unclear when the timeline of when her death occurred, you know, was it before the hit and run? Was it between the hit and run and the, the car being, uh, you know, them finding the car at 10 o'clock in the morning. I know we got um, there. I know the highways, uh, Manitoba highways sent out a, a notice um, Sunday morning, which I know I looked at and I somewhat dismissed, but it did catch my attention. Obviously, they'll send out, like in most provinces, they send out notices saying Highway 3 is closed. You know, and often it's because of a traffic accident or because of you know unsafe driving conditions or whatever. And what they said at the time was that officers were on the scene without specifying what kind of officers or for what. And I know that piqued some people's interest and probably, in fact, prompted the police to hold their press conference on Sunday. Um, They did kind of call a a fairly fairly quickly put together, hastily called press conference uh, Sunday afternoon, where they didn't have a lot of detail. But I think that my feeling on it is that they were probably trying to get ahead of the, the sort of speculation and, you know, what happened, because this, you know, obviously, we weren't the only ones who saw this uh, email about the road closure. So and it was one of the highways uh, that was involved. So, and in fact, two of our highways, the Highway 3 and Highway 248, were both closed as part of the investigation during the day. We'll be right back. What do we know about 
the five victims here? What are their relationship to one another? How old are they? And what, what have we learned about them since this happened? Well, the first victim, or at least first victim they know, the, the woman who they believe was in, was the victim of the hit and run. And like I said, we, they still don't know the circumstances of that part of it. As uh, the 30-year-old mother of the three children who were found in the vehicle uh, in the second scene. And uh, she was also the 17-year-old who was found in the, the residence was her niece. So, and she was the common law partner of the accused uh, in this. And in fact, the three children, they were their children. So, And then what do we know about the man who was charged and, and what was he charged with? His name is, and I'm going to mispronounce it, but uh, he's a 29-year-old named Ryan Howard Matakisik. I'm probably mispronouncing it, but. He's been charged with five counts of first-degree murder. And that was the police had a further press conference yesterday, and that was the, they announced at that time that that's what, what he was being charged with. So. What have police had to say about the crimes? Is it still a case of they're trying to, to piece together what happened here, whether the teenage victim was killed first and then the woman on the side of the road was killed or, or vice versa? Yeah, there's... Well, it's it's hard to say what they are actually trying to piece together, but they're still very tight-lipped about what they know. And I think they also don't want to be in a situation where they're saying something and then having it um, be an issue at a future court uh, appearance. But yeah, I think they're still trying to very much get the sense of what the timeline of all of this was. Um, you know you hate to make it in into such terms, but, you know, almost like who died first. But now they've had investigators, they've had about a, I think they, they keep saying like dozens of officers uh, from various detachments and various uh, specialized units involved in this. So they're putting a lot of resource into finding out what has happened. And quite understandably they want to know what what occurred and for the family members of this uh the five victims they they want to give them you know give them some answers um but uh, they're not being they're not very they're not being very forthcoming with us but it's it's the police sometimes they're like that yeah and it's still early days as well i mean these these things just happened not long ago and i think that they may still be trying to piece some of it together, but well, the uh, the press conference on Sunday, the uh, inspector who's the head of their major crime services for Manitoba, you know, was quite honest to say, you know, I don't have a lot to tell you, but I'll answer whatever you you know whatever questions you have, and he really did not have a lot to uh, to offer, but I think they wanted to get out in front of it so that you know we live in an internet social media age where rumors you know can start quite quickly and take on a life of their own and i think they they really wanted to get uh, get ahead of that yeah and what has been the reaction from from friends or family of of the victims uh in this case have have we had a statement from family have there been any online tributes anything of that nature the family's been 
very, I don't want to say quiet about it. Um, I know the, the inspector I spoke about uh, at yesterday's press conference said that the family was requesting privacy. Um, but there has been, as, as we are in the age we're living in, uh, there was a GoFundMe page set up to pay for funeral costs, where a lot of us learned the names of the, the victims in this. There's been an obituary already posted where it's confirmed the names of the, the victims. So we know who they are. Um, but yeah, the family themselves really, outside of the father of the uh, common law partner who posted on Facebook with just to, to say, you know, this is what's happened in terms of, you know, I've lost my, my daughter and my three grandchildren. And and as you can imagine, there's been a outpouring of sympathy and condolence for uh, for all of the family. And um, at the press conference yesterday, the Premier Wabkanu spoke, and the head, or the Grand Chief of the Manitoba Assembly of Chiefs also spoke, giving their condolences. And it's been, you know, it, condolences have been very much um, uh, being shared with the family. Uh, I can tell you from the reports we've heard, the the town of Carmen is just in shock over this. It's um, it just it's not a place where you, I almost was about to say it's not a place where this sort of thing happens. Although we discover that this sort of thing can happen anywhere, but it it's one of those communities where you say, oh well, that's that'll happen in maybe the big city. It'll happen in Winnipeg, but it doesn't happen here. But Obviously, it does happen and did. Yeah, and, and other than offering offering condolences to the families, did did Premier Canoe or the Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs Grand Chief Kathy Merrick offer any other message to the community as a whole? Did they have any other statement that you found notable? Well, I know the Premier spoke about this being a time of darkness and that sort of thing. So it's. It, they're they've been offering their support whatever they can, but at this point, it's hard to know, you know, what needs to happen in terms of moving forward on this because it's just so very it's so very fresh and only from all we can tell, it only just happened Sunday morning and we're at Tuesday. So, um, but yeah, there's been a lot of outpouring of uh, support and sympathy. Now, as as you mentioned, it's, it's Tuesday morning as we're, we're having this conversation. Has the accused made a court appearance as of yet? Um, I know we're obviously a long way from trial, but as of yesterday, he as of yesterday he had not. Um, he had been formally charged, but um, and I don't know when the court appearance uh, was supposed is to be held. I think they're still. You know, the wheels of justice kind of move slowly sometimes. But uh, um, I'm trying to remember if it had been mentioned at yesterday's press conference. I know it was asked about that, but I believe they were still very much, you know, it's uh, up to the courts on uh, when he gets to before a judge. Well, I know it is a horrific story coming out of Manitoba, something that Canadians might be keeping an eye on in, in the coming weeks and months as we get more information. Uh, Glenn, thanks for your time. Thanks for the update. You're welcome. 10.3 is produced by Sean Knox. Theme music by Bryce Hall. Thanks to my guest, Glenn Dawkins. More from him at winnipegsun.com. 
I'm Dave Breckenridge. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.